I think my belief in what's possible has changed dramatically in the last two years. I'm not the same person because of the things that I've witnessed. I mean, this is an evolution. You never know what you'll think differently until you have a new experience. New experience causes you to think of possibilities you had never thought of before. And there is an infinity. There's infinities. We start thinking of other ways. And that's consciousness and its never-ending process of self-discovery. Answer the question, who am I? Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these. But did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness welcome to this special master class we've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today it's going to be powerful so let's go ahead and dive in is it possible to heal ourselves with our thoughts and with meditation alone. I I think my belief uh, in what's possible uh, has changed dramatically in the last two years. I'm not the same person because of the things that I've witnessed. I mean, I I saw a person with muscular dystrophy that was in a wheelchair for 12 years, a young guy. Uh, If you study muscular dystrophy, um, there's no no cure. There's no coming back. There's no coming back. Okay. there's a lot that has to happen for us to make this journey, right? You get diagnosed with a health condition and it's a 
terminal health condition or chronic health condition and you're compromised in some way and you're reliant on something to get you back in the health and balance and that's what the conventional model is but if it isn't working mm, you have to start looking some people just they just they shrink in into mediocrity and they stay there other yes. people are bothered by it and they're going to look for answers okay so the person starts looking for answers we had some lady that someone amazon accidentally mailed <laughs> accidentally mailed my book you are the placebo to her house and she didn't order it and she just put it on the on her coffee table and um she had parkinson's disease and finally after like three months she picked up the book and she saw the brain scans on parkinson's and she started doing the meditations she came to the week-long retreat she completely healed of parkinson's wow. she was on the stage telling the story this is crazy right so so now the person heals herself okay as an example now a person who heals themselves i've seen green berets i've seen uh, Navy SEALs uh, with a lot of physical and, and, and emotional health conditions really heal. The only thing they want to do is they want to give. They want to they want they want to bring it to their people. They want to bring it to their tribe. They want to bring it to yes. the people they love. And and the the, the really in, the intention is I want to heal somebody else, right? And so you you're healed. You, the next thing is you want to heal somebody else. Spread right? the word. So yeah. now, so, but your model has to change. Uh -huh. If I heal myself. And I've actually changed my energy. Can I kind of heal another person? And that's exactly what we do. We say, okay, now that you can change your health, can you change another's health? Let's build a model of understanding and let's do that. And we did the model of understanding. And all of a sudden I see people stepping out of wheelchairs left and right and people, blind people seeing and crazy things going on. A lot of remissions of diseases. I'm more surprised about that than anybody. COVID happens and then we're like, hmm. Can we actually, if we're in the quantum field and there's no separation there, can we just hit a target? We just give us a picture, a coordinate. And we have remote coherence yeah, healers. Yeah, it's fascinating. And these, these, these people do it. <laughs> listen, they do it, they do it every day. They're machines. They do it. They never miss a day. They would never miss a day. And the reason they never miss a day is because they get so much out of it. Mm -hmm. And they're not doing it. To by trying to heal another. They're not they trying to heal another. They're by actually healing, healing another that is not even, that they don't even know. They don't even know. And they're not even in the same room. They're spread across the world. Crazy. And they're hitting a target. They're hitting a target. They see an image and they visualize they just that go, target. They go to the field yes. and they hold that person in their heart and they just, and they change their energy. So, so then the model builds more now. Now, can you heal at a remote location? The answer is absolutely yes. In fact, our studies with UC San Diego is insane. I, mean, I said to the scientists, when in your life did you think you would be sitting talking about the effects of remote coherence healings that are working as well as drugs? Mm. When Better than drugs, actually. When have you ever thought you'd be talking about this? So our data suggests that it's real, right? We did a triple blind placebo study and there's absolutely no doubt that these people are causing some profound effects. We just published another paper, paper about the mathematical synchronization of the heart mm, of groups of people that collectively so cool. get together, how they synchronize. You know, there's we published a paper, it's mathematical, it's real, right? It's a lot of science, but there's some effect that's happening in the people's hearts that are feeling the same amount of love. They're in training to a similar resonance, a similar frequency. Okay. So now they they did an amazing, amazing study, preliminary study on autistic children. Okay. Now I'm telling you this because I want you to know that. This isn't conjecture. This is reality. Uh, uh, boys, young boys, um, between the ages, I think, of 6 and 12. And these are problematic kids. They've done the physical therapy, the occupational therapy, the speech therapy, the inhibition therapy, the talk therapy. 
They've tried the nutrients, the vitamins, they tried everything, and then they're not responding. They haven't changed much. They're, they're headbangers. Um, they're incontinent. They don't sleep. Uh, they're obsessive. Uh, they have outbursts. They have no sociability. They have no gross and fine motor skills. Their language is compromised. Now, we decided instead of doing um, uh, scientific analysis, we decided to have the best scientists take a look at their kids, and that's the parents. Right, so they, right. we did. We did. They know, parents know every single thing about that kid because they have all their attention. They know every habit. They know every behavior. They know every obsession. Six weeks, two times a week. These kids, at the end of six weeks, speaking in complete sentences, sleeping through the night, taking naps, walking themselves to school, using the toilet, no longer defecating or urinating in their bed, um, hugging their parents when they come home asking for what they want, jumping on the trampoline, being uh, in, a, in school place. And, and, the, and the, it's insane. It's in, the parents are overjoyed. Wow. Their lives have changed dramatically because their kid is somehow changed. They're smiling, they're more engaging, right? They're not even in the room and they're producing these effects. So back to your question. This is an evolution. If you're, you, you never know what you'll think in differently until you have a new experience. Right. New experience causes you to think of possibilities you had never thought of before. And there is an infinity, there's infinities. Because you and I are making known unknown possibilities by having a new experience and we start thinking of other ways. And that's consciousness and it's never ending process of self-discovery. They answer the question, who am I, right? right. So, <laughs> so, so, then, so then what we discovered is that in our, in our data collection, that people that are the most desperate tend to be the, the, the less likely to respond because they're waiting for their healing to feel gratitude. They haven't realized that when they feel gratitude, their healing begins, yes. right? So that's not a problem. We just have to, we have to work with them to get them out of that state. And that's what I do when you know, everybody's getting ready. I work with the healies. Um, we noticed that people who actually are in the river of change they are actually working on changing something about themselves. They receive that energy better. We notice that when people are grateful, super grateful to be there, they, that energy just hits them. Yes. It hits them really big. You'll do anything to get what you want because that's what matter does when it's trying to change matter. And everybody's, everybody's playing that game, right? Everybody's trying to accumulate the most amount of things. Right. Okay, so that's what abundance means to certain people. Get as many things as you can. Okay. You want that? Not a problem. But let's learn the formula of how to create, right? Yes. So then, So then you'd have to feel those emotions before the experience occurred. And if you understood that you could dissociate all of your attention from this three-dimensional reality and have no attention on anything known and understand it's the field that creates matter, mm. not matter that emits the field. And if you could get to that place and change your energy with a clear intention and elevated emotion, your heart starts beating in this beautiful rhythm like a drum. We've measured it so many times. And when that occurs, the next thing that happens, the heart informs the brain it's safe to create now. So the person Gosh. relaxes into the present moment. And then we see this, like if you took a big sheet, you know, and a blanket and you went like that, the energy of the heart actually informs the brain to move into these beautiful, elegant states of alpha brainwave patterns, mm. coherent alpha. And that's saying, 
what's the next dream? What is it the next, what's the next opportunity you want to experience? That's a state of creation. So now you have a Wi-Fi signal. You got a coherent brain, that's a directive, that's a signal out, and you got this coherent heart. That's what draws it to us, right? You combine those two, and if there's a vibrational match between your energy and that potential in the quantum field, and you're feeling abundant, and whatever your brain associates with being abundant, that's your call. That's what the creative process is. This is the creative center. The brain, the frontal lobe, actually says, what would it be like to be creative or, or abundant? I don't know what it would be like to be abundant. Well, then go read a few books on people <laughs> who, who actually became abundant and realized it wasn't a glorious process. They mm. failed miserably. They, let, they got betrayed. They learned a lot of lessons, but they persevered. Mm -hmm. And what are the qualities of that person that you could embody? That, that's the key, right? Because it's, it's not about wealth. It's who you become, mm -hmm. right? Because people think it's about their wealth, but it's the becoming process. It's the overcoming. That attracted that, right? Of course. So then, so then you got to turn the battleship around because most people say, I can't feel grateful for my wealth because it hasn't happened yet. That's the hypnosis. Waiting for the experience to happen to feel grateful. Well, that's Newtonian. That's three-dimensional reality. That's cause and effect. The quantum, you got to feel it in order for you to experience it. Okay? So this heart becomes like an amplifier. And it sends that signal out. And that frequency can carry the thought of your abundance. Can't, suffering cannot carry the thought of your abundance. Lack cannot carry the thought of your abundance. It's, it's a different frequency, right? We feel different feelings like suffering. We think different thoughts, right? So, so people can say, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, I'm abundant, all they want, but that thought is never making it to the body because it's stopping at the brainstem because the body's saying, I'm miserable, I'm unhappy, mm -hmm. I'm in lack, right? So, so the affirmation doesn't work, right? Okay, so let's go one step further. Yes. So if you practice this, and you actually understood, you know, well, well, we teach this pretty well, but if you, you, if you learned it just like learning how to play handball or mm -hmm. learning how to hit a golf ball, learning how to dance a salsa, so you just practice the form and you got really good at it. If you were doing it properly then, what would be the outcome? The experiment of being abundant would be that you would have to feel that feeling. It's so good at doing it with your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. You got to do it with your eyes open. Now, Why? <laughs> because if you're feeling the feelings of your emotions, of your future, you're no longer looking for them. Because you you're in the future now. Your, your body is so objective that it's believing it's living in that reality yes. where you are abundant. And as long as you feel that emotion, you're not separate from it any longer. You're no longer in lack. You're no longer looking for it to occur. occur. Say, why hasn't it happened yet? If you're feeling abundant, why would you look? Right? You, you, would, you right. wouldn't. So, so, so then... Our job then is to be able to maintain that modified state of mind and body. So, okay, so does that mean like you should check your bank account tomorrow and see if there's a half a million dollars in it? No. You keep tuning into that potential, and then here come the synchronicities. Yes. What's that? That's feedback in your environment. It's the universe saying, hey, Lewis, whatever you're doing, all of a sudden, <laughs> we are starting to create, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for people to remember that they're the creators of their lives instead of the victim of their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So the victim is saying, I'm feeling this way because that person or that circumstance or I don't have any money is causing me to feel this way. This is my relationship with money. What that really means is I'm using my lack to reaffirm 
my dependency, my addiction, my conditioning, that's my relationship with money, is that I put my attention on money because I don't have it. Mm -hmm. So their relationship with money is, of course, built on lack. And so when they don't have it, they feel bad. And what they're really saying is my outer environment, my reality is actually controlling the way I feel and the way I think. So, Louis, why are you in a good mood today? Things are going good. Why in a bad mood? Things are going bad today. So... This unconscious program of victimization is saying that, that, that we're, we're allowing our environment to influence the way we feel and the way we think. Isn't that, isn't that what victimization is? And, and the stronger the emotion we have to our lack, the more we put our attention on the fact that we don't have it, right? Yeah. So then the person has forgotten that they're creating reality because what they're creating is lack. And they're creating more of it. And then they try harder and they force harder and they control more. And they're more, more exhausted and, and their more, body's tired. And, and they're, they're breaking down. And, right. So, so the experiment then is let's try it another way. Let's create from the field instead of from matter. Get a coherent heart. Get a coherent brain. Relax in the heart and energy moves right into the brain. We've measured this a thousand times. And all of a sudden the person moves into these beautiful, elegant brainwave states where they're super creative, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the longer you're conscious of that energy the more you draw that future to you. So then what does the synchronicity mean? It means whatever you're doing inside of you is producing that effect outside of you. Pay attention to what you did Keep doing and do more it again. Yeah. So generate a little bit more abundance. Just uh-huh. do it for an experiment. Now, when the synchronicity happens, do you think you feel suffering or do you think you feel a little excitement? You feel inspired, right? Mm-hmm. So then that synchronicity is saying, use this energy, use this feeling. It should be easier for you to feel this now and go back and do it again. Mm-hmm. Keep the experiment going. And here comes the promotion. Here comes the here comes the email. Here mm-hmm. comes the person you meet at the right time. Yes. Right? Whoa! We have something happening here, and then that that becomes the momentum, right? So then we generate abundance. That's that's how we do it. And the relationship it doesn't just happen by accident. We generate it. We generate abundance, right? So then, if you have an hour meditation where you're tuning into your abundant future but then you're spending the other 15 hours a day in lack. Don't expect anything to change. You defaulted. Mm-hmm. You're back to the old energy. And if you say it's that person or that circumstance or that bank account, I'm going to say you're back to the unconscious program of being a victim, right? Mm-hmm. So, then, so, then, so then let's go a step further. If your personality creates your personal reality, and it does, and your personality is made up of how you think, how you act, and how you feel, then the present personality who's listening to this podcast has created the present personal reality called their life. Nothing big there. Which means if you want to change your personal reality, you're going to have to change your personality. Right. Nothing changes in your life until you change. Right. Mm-hmm. So then 95% of who we are is, is on autopilot. Right. It's, it's a programmed thoughts, hardwired thoughts, beliefs, perceptions, unconscious habits and behaviors. And really, really emotional responses that tend to be really knee-jerk and automatic, right? So if 95% of who we are is a set of unconscious programs, then the first step to change is becoming conscious of those unconscious thoughts. Now, people think when they sit down to do the work and make their change that they're, they're doing something wrong. No, those thoughts have to come up. I can, I'm not worthy, it's never going to work. But a person who's truly persevering towards their abundance realizes just because they have that thought doesn't mean it's true. They're curious on what's on the other side of that thought. Ah, well, that's just the thought, right? Mm -hmm. And nerve cells that no longer fire together, no longer wire together. So you keep moving past that thought, it gets 
has less and less power over you, right? Uh, now you're you have power over it, or or better better yet, you're using your brain in the proper way instead of your being a victim to your brain, sure. right? If you complain about money, if you judge people who have it, if you rush when you're in lack, if you cheat when you don't have what you need, an abundant person doesn't do that. You got to look at that and say, I got to break these habits. Yes. Oh my God, if I truly want to be abundant, I can't act this way. Now here's the big one. <laughs> if, if I truly want to be a new personality that's in a new personal reality, I can't take lack with me. I can't take unworthiness. I can't take the story that goes along with it with my parents or my grandparents mm -hmm. or, or my ex or whatever. That story has to end. Right? I mean, if not now, when? Right? How do people end those stories? Well, of course. Well, how many times do we have to forget until we stop forgetting and start remembering? Right. That's the game, right? Mm -hmm. That's the game called change. How many times do we have to go unconscious and default to that old personality when we catch ourselves and stop doing that and get conscious? That's the moment of change. Mm -hmm. So the problem is, is that most people wake up in the morning and they think, uh, let me think of my problems, right? The, the brain is a record of the past, right? So they think about their problems. They don't have enough money. And those, those problems are usually connected to certain people at certain places mm -hmm. with certain objects and certain things. What didn't work time. out or who right. screwed me so, over. Or so like, the yeah. moment they wake up, the moment they remember those problems, they're thinking in the past. Mm. So now they're firing and wiring the memory. They're keeping the memory of the past alive in their mind. The problem is... Every one of those memories has an emotion associated with it because we've experienced it. So when they feel the lack, when they feel the unhappiness, when they feel the anxiety, now the body's in the past. Thoughts being the language of the brain, feelings being the language of the body, how we think and how we feel creates our state of being. But the conditioning process starts because conditioning only needs a thought and a feeling, a memory or an image and an emotion and a stimulus and a response and you're conditioning your body to become mm. the mind of that emotion. And now the, the memory's not in the brain. Now the memory's buried subconsciously in the body. And the body becomes the mind of that emotion. So the body is living in lack. And it's believing. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host when you get a new car or a new home your first reaction might be to say things like oh yeah or i can't believe it or booyah but what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need like a good neighbor state farm is there state farm is there with the coverage you need for your car your home and even boats motorcycles rvs and other things that matter to you with a state farm agent you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need with so many coverage options it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you and when you need ways to get help state farm gives you options there too in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's the body is. Is the, that through the nervous system or is that through, through neurochemical cells, everything? everything. So, the, so, so the body's so objective that it does not know the difference between the real life experience that's creating the lack and the emotion that you're creating by thought alone called lack. Mm. The body's believing it's living the same past experience every day. It's, it, 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 why? Because the end product of an experience is an emotion. Mm -hmm. Well, if you if your life is changing, but you're still feeling lack, don't expect anything that you you won't even see it. You'll walk right past it. You're viewing your life through the lens of the past. Okay, so okay, so then the person realizes that all their friends are making money and they're doing stuff, and they're like, "Wow, I'm really feeling lack now." So then, when it no longer becomes <laughs> about your abundance, and it becomes about your change, that's a valuable moment. When it's no longer about your healing, but it's about your change. I paid attention to a lot of people in, in the last couple of years to tell their story. The people who heal in this work from cancers and all kinds of chronic health conditions and Parkinson's and strokes and paralysis and all kinds of things, it's rare genetic disorders. It, it never was about, when they've really got in the game, it was never about their healing. It was about, what do I need to change in order to heal? When the game goes like that, so then the person who's feeling lack, on some level or another, it's not just in the mind, it's in the body, right? So let, me say, let me hear you say that again. When someone's looking for abundance, it's never about the abundance, it's about the change they need to make for no, healing? No, the change. I'm using healing as an example, yes. but let's use abundance as an example. Yes. When, when you understand that you cannot get abundant, when it's no longer about the game called abundance, it's about the game called change. Mm -hmm. What do I need to change? The more I change, the more I'll be abundant. Yes. So then it's no longer, why haven't, how come it hasn't happened? That's the old personality, separate mm -hmm. from the experience, still in lack, asking that question. Which is creating your current reality. Which is, which is reaffirming it because that's the lens you're perceiving it through. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so we should be focusing more on what we need to change every moment as opposed to the abundance or the healing. Well, the word meditation means to become familiar with. Sit with yourself long enough and not turn on your cell phone, not yeah. scroll through your social media, do no TikTok, no emails, no, none of that stuff. Don't Just sit and close your eyes and, and watch the thoughts that come up. Those, that's the exact reason why you're not abundant. Watch what you want to do when you're feeling lack to take away the lack and there's always something you would do to, to take it away. But, but sit with the lack and be curious on what's on the other side of it, right? Mm -hmm. Because the body's programmed into lack now subconsciously, right? 
So the emotion of lack drives our thoughts and drives our behaviors. So it makes sense then that if an emotion is a record of the past, then we're doing things habitually from the past. Mm -hmm. We're thinking in the past, right? So, so lower the volume to the emotion every time you notice lack comes up. And just like breaking any addiction, there's going to be cravings, right? So the body's going, <laughs> yeah. hey, Lewis, it's been about two hours since you're you You're so thought. used to doing this so, Yeah, thing. you've been thinking lacking thoughts about 150,000 times a day, and you're just going to stop now. <laughs> the body's going to start influencing the mind and saying, yes. it's not going to work. You're a loser. It didn't work before. It's too hard. Everybody else. That's, that's why it's so hard for people to like lose weight or get in shape. Same, because you might this, try it for a few days, and then the cravings, or I'm tired, and I want to go default back into the old personality. Right, because why? Because the body, which has been conditioned the mind, the body is the unconscious mind. So the body's got used to the familiar feeling. Even mm -hmm. They don't even know it's lack. It's just how they feel. It's so not how, guilt. So, okay, right. so let me finish. So, yeah, okay, ahead. so the hardest part about all of this is making a different choice. And the moment you decide to make a different choice, get ready, it's going to feel uncomfortable. Right. It's going to feel unfamiliar. Your, your body's all of a sudden saying, hey, Louis, uh, why don't you start thinking those same exact thoughts, mm -hmm. do the same things, make the same choices, demonstrate the same behaviors, have the same experiences. So you could feel that feeling of lack. Complain again to somebody, call somebody up and say how, how miserable your right. life is, right? <laughs> and that's, that's the known, right? So the body is always influencing the mind to return back to the familiar territory. The default. Yeah. The default, okay. All right, so now the person says, okay, what thoughts do I not want? What... what would an abundant person think this way? The people in our work that have created... Mm. I had a guy come to our event. I, I love this guy. He healed himself. Of, he, he tried to take his life three times. When he, he told me that when he came to our work, he didn't have $2 to rub together. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars wow. now. And just keeps giving it away. Wow. His, his lesson, his lesson was... And that wasn't the wealth. It was who he became. So it's the overcoming process that is the becoming process. Right? Who did he become in that journey? Exactly. He had to get beyond all of those thoughts of his past, all the mistakes he made, all the things he did wrong, all the money he owed there, all of that. That was like he just had to no longer be that person any longer. Mm -hmm. But he did say, how would a wealthy person live? And, and, and when he created his wealth, what do you think the first thing he did? Started giving? Giving it away. Why? Because an abundant person doesn't have any lack. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to create more of it. And that's, he's in the experiment. Well, what would happen if I keep giving it away? He keeps getting more. That's a good experiment to have because he is actually living in that abundant state. He also had tremendous healings taking place because when you heal your heart, you heal your mind. I mean, it's just the way it is. We saw it so many times, right? So he healed his heart. He got an wow. upgrade. He got an upgrade, right? Yeah. So then the, the next fundamental question is, how would an abundant person think? Write it down, dude, and fire and wire those thoughts in your brain and install the hardware. Keep doing it with attention and intention. It becomes the new voice in your head. It becomes a software program. Then say, okay... How am I going to be in my life today? What would an abundant person, how would they behave? And before you reach for your cell phone and start scrolling through your social media, close your eyes and rehearse in your mind how that person would walk, how they would breathe, how they would smile, how they would mm. greet people, how they would be on Zoom calls, how would they be in traffic, how would they be at dinner? 
And, and the act of closing your eyes and mentally rehearsing the act, mm. if you're truly present, the brain does not know the difference between the real life experience and what you're imagining. In fact, just a little bit of time, you start to install the neurological hardware to look like you already did it. Now the brain is no longer a record of the past. It's primed for the future. Keep doing it. Keep rehearsing. No different than playing an instrument. No different than learning how to dance. No different than learning how to act uh, or play a sport. Everybody's Mm -hmm. always rehearsing, right? The rehearsal process changes the brain to look like you've already done it. You've already experienced it. Now what's the essential part of that? The hardware is in place. Now all you gotta do is step into the footprint, Mm. keep doing it, it becomes a software program. You start acting like an abundant person. Everything changes, your energy changes, your mood changes, the way you walk, the way you breathe, your posture changes, you're out of the known, right? You gotta condition the body now emotionally into the future. Can't open your eyes in the morning until you are feeling (laughs) worthy to receive. And if you can't feel worthy to receive, then if not now, when? If it takes you two hours to get there, ask me if it's worth 30 years of running, trying to get what you need matter to matter. Okay, so then the person who wrestles with their lack, they're out of the bleachers and they're on the playing field. Here's what we learned. Here's what we learned. Let's go back to beliefs now. So remember, belief is just the thought you keep thinking over and over again. A belief is something that you keep thinking enough times that you hardwired in your brain and it becomes an automatic program. And we have beliefs about all kinds of things, money, relationships, God, whatever it is. It's all based on what we've been told or our past experiences, right? The boundaries of those beliefs are our emotions, right? So let's just say you got betrayed or somebody abused you or Mm -hmm. your father told you that money was bad and there's never enough of it or whatever. That's a story, okay? But, but somehow it left an impression on you. Remember that event very clearly, and that's kind of rooted in who you are, right? Okay, so that emotion then is the boundary of our belief, okay? So how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. If you take a thought and a feeling, 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 that's called an attitude. A series <laughs> of good thoughts with a series of good feelings, you say, I have a good attitude today. You have a series of negative thoughts that are connected to a series of negative feelings. You say, I have a bad attitude today. So attitudes are just shortened states of being. Good attitude in the morning, bad attitude in the afternoon. If you take an attitude, an attitude, an attitude, and you keep those up, and you string attitudes together, you create what's called a belief. Mm-hmm. And a belief is just an extended state of being. So if you keep thinking the same thought, you keep hardwiring it in the brain, you keep feeling the same feeling, you keep conditioning in your body, the redundancy of that cycle over and over again conditions the body to subconsciously become the mind of that belief. And all beliefs are subconscious states of being. Mm. Okay. Take a belief, a belief, a belief, and you string them together. You form what's called a perception. And perceptions are just such extended states of being that we're unconscious, and so then we, we edit out reality. In fact, most people don't see things the way they are, they see things the way they are, yes. right? And people are always filling in reality unconsciously based on their memory. They could be married to a person for 40 years and they don't see the person, they see the memory of the person, right? Mm-hmm. And there's research to prove this, okay? So how do we change a belief or perception about ourselves or our lives, okay? We've studied this. Okay, let's just say that lack is 
ingrained in there. You got the story, you lived on the streets, you lost everything, you got betrayed, your business partner took everything, took your wife, took, you got the story in the half, yes. okay? Okay, you gotta start telling a new story of the future, right? You gotta believe in that future more than you have to believe in the past, so how do you do that? Mm -hmm. You only believe in the past when you feel the emotions of the past. The only time you're gonna believe in the future is when you feel the emotions of the future, right? Okay, so in order for us to change a belief or perception about ourselves and our lives, we have to make a decision with such firm intention that the amplitude of that decision carries a level of energy that's greater than the hardwired programs in uh -huh. your brain and the emotional conditioning in your body. And your body literally has to respond to your mind. That the choice that you're making to change <laughs> in that moment becomes a moment in time that you never forget. And here's the key. Physically. Physically. The stronger the emotion you feel when you make that choice, the more you remember the decision. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then how do we downregulate that old belief? If the trauma created an emotional quotient of six or seven, then your decision to change your beliefs got to be a nine. Right. And you got to come out of your resting state, and that moment has to define you. You could say, I know exactly where I was, the time and day it was, who I was with, when I made my mind up to change, mm -hmm. right? Because you created a long-term memory. Long-term memories are created with from strong emotion, emotion. Yes. right? But if the amplitude of that emotion is greater than the betrayal, Boom, the body starts responding to the mind. And you're actually giving your body a taste of the future emotionally. So you brand your... What's possible. No, your body's actually getting the taste of that future event. It's experiencing the future now. Now, exactly. It, Big yeah. explosion in the quantum field. Wow. Big explosion. So the side effect of that is if you combine that clear intention with that elevated emotion you're basically remembering your future, and it looks no different than remembering your past. Think neurologically within the circuits of that memory and feel within the emotions of that new belief and watch your life begin to change because nothing changes in our life that we change. And when we change our energy, we change our life. So now the experiment all of a sudden is no longer based on it being hard or trying or wishing or wanting mm -hmm. or hoping. That's what we do when we're, lacking, we're in lack or separation. It's about change. So then when we finally realize in order for us to become abundant, we have to overcome the old personality. And that's 95% of who we are, right? Yes. So then the side effect of the beginning of this process is a lot of discomfort. <laughs> it is a lot of discomfort because you're stepping outside the known into the unknown and now you can't predict. It's scary. No, no, it's you'd, ra you'd rather hold on to your lack. The pain, the suffering. Rather tell the story of that. At least it makes you feel something that's familiar. Mm -hmm. When you step outside and you're saying, I'm not gonna complain about money any longer. I'm not gonna complain about I don't have any. I'm not gonna judge other people who do. I'm not gonna say I can, I'm not worthy. It's never gonna work. All those things gotta go. I'm not gonna feel lack. I'm not gonna feel unworthy. I'm not gonna feel separation. I'm not gonna feel resentment. These are the things that are keeping my reality the same. Now it's no longer about abundance, about who you become. Mm -hmm. So the overcoming process becomes the becoming process. And so many people come through this work, they want abundance, they want healing, they want a new relationship, they want a new career, they want the mystical, but really they want wholeness. And, and they want healing, they want peace. They want they wholeness. Because they feel unwhole. Well, well, when you're in lack or you're in separation, you're not whole. Mm. Imagine feeling so much wholeness that's impossible to want. That's what, our, that's what we're working on with people. 
then you can really enjoy a sunset. Then you can really enjoy a meal. Then you can really enjoy your friends. Then you can. I I I I talk to people that are very abundant. I mean, in the billions, abundant. And you know, so many of them say we are in misery. We're not whole. We're in agony because they can't enjoy life anymore. That's what they want. I mean. People want abundance to be able to enjoy life. They want to be able to do whatever they want with whoever they want as many times as they want wherever they want. That's freedom, right? Or people want abundance. The sponsoring thought is really they want freedom, right? Or whatever their sponsoring thought would be, right? So, so then creating from the field instead of from matter to shorten the distance between cause and effect requires that clear intention with that elevated emotion, coherent brain and coherent heart. Tune into that energy and feel it with your brain and your heart. I mean, we have plenty of ways to do that. Examine your personality and examine your personal reality. Change your personality, change your personal reality. Don't make it be about abundance. Be mm -hmm. about becoming abundant by overcoming the person who's not abundant. The person who heals themselves from a health condition, who's no longer thinking the same way, no longer acting the same way, no longer feeling the same way. You ask them where that disease is when they stand on the stage in front of 1,500 people or 3,000 people, and that's a four-minute mile. Everybody's leaning in. That's truth right on the stage. They say, where is that? Where is the disease? Oh, it lives in the old person. Wow. I'm, I'm somebody else. I, yeah. I, that's like, that's, I don't even, that's not even a story. That's not even who I am any longer. So. Lo and behold, when we do our research, and people do this, in seven days of going all in, at the end of seven days, their body looks like, genetically, with all the metabolites, that they're literally in a different environment. You know, here's the weird part. Mm -hmm. They're in a ballroom. Right. There's not a lot <laughs> happening in a ballroom. Right, right. What's happening in a ballroom? I've been to thousands of ballrooms. The environment somehow looks like they're living in a very prosperous, very healthy, very loving, nurturing, very whole environment. Why? Because they were signaling genes ahead of the environment. Mm -hmm. And if the environment signals the gene, okay, that's epigenetics. The end product of the experience in the environment is an emotion. If you feel the emotion before the experience, you're signaling the gene ahead of the environment. And genes make proteins. And proteins are responsible for the structure and the function of your body. Look at Jack, by the way. I like that. Look at the muscle over here. <laughs> the expression of proteins is the expression of life. I couldn't get my mind to do what I wanted to do. And then after six weeks, I just went through the whole thing. I felt like I hit a golf ball right in the sweet spot. Something clicked. And from that point forward, what took me two and a half or three hours to do, I was able to do in 45 minutes. I was firing and wiring you know, these new circuits. And I was practicing paying attention. And then all of a sudden I started noticing dramatic changes in my health like this. And the moment I started noticing changes in my body, what was going on outside of me, and I started correlating at what I was doing inside of me. Now I was just hooked and I just started doing it with more passion and more sincerity. Anyway, back on my feet in 10 and a half weeks, back training at 12 weeks, back in my clinic. And, um, and wow. I just made a deal with myself that if I was ever able to walk again, I'd spend the rest of my life studying the mind-body connection and mind over matter. And then that led me to just stop everything in my life. I just wasn't the same guy. I'd just been initiated into something and sold my practice, sold my home. You sold it all. Sold it all, moved to the Northwest and uh, just started asking bigger questions like, who am I? What is, why, why am I here? What, what, what are we doing? What happens when we die? And how did, how did all this happen for me? What, what, what was the process? So I started studying the, the science behind it and I couldn't find it in any conventional textbooks because 
This was unconventional, right? And miraculous is kind of unconventional. So I started studying quantum physics and neuroscience and uh, epigenetics, and it started making sense. I started building this model of understanding. Then I asked the fundamental question, has anybody else done it? Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake caliper. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. So then I traveled to 17 different countries and interviewed wow. hundreds and hundreds of people with uh, serious health conditions that were treating either conventionally or unconventionally. They were staying the same or getting worse. And all of a sudden they got better. So what was the cause that produced the effect, you know? And the stories and what I learned was so amazing. I went back to school and studied neuroscience because mind was such a strong element. It wasn't diet, it wasn't celibacy, it wasn't any of those things. It was hmm. just really this element. And so then I was able to figure out that there were four common things. And then I wrote a book about it and then I thought, God, if this works really on people that were sick and are better and they come from all walks of life, all colors, all races, all genders, sexual preferences, but all of a sudden, I wanted to see if I was able to reproduce it. So then I started seeing, okay, let's see if we can teach this, hmm. be able to reproduce the outcome, because that's science, right? So we went through about... What were the four common things? Uh, the first one was that they all believed and accepted that there was an intelligence that lived within them <clears throat> that was giving them life. And these, then, these people you interviewed who had had injuries that overcame no, them? No, no, these are people with cancer, MS, lupus, gotcha. Parkinson's disease. Who got better? Yeah, just spontaneously, and it's called a spontaneous remission. So I was, they believed there was an intelligence. There was some invisible life force that was they were connected to mm. that they felt like they had lost their connection to. They became separate and disconnected from. And that when they got the diagnosis, they woke up and said, man, I got to connect again and I got to connect to my essence. 
Uh, and so they wow. developed a relationship with it, just like you develop a relationship with anybody. It takes time. You got to be present. You got to connect. You got to experience. Uh, you got to be present. All of these things are important mm. elements. So, so that was the first thing. Um, the second thing was that they realized that it was the mismanagement of their emotions and the hormones of stress that really began to create their condition. Now. Now, stress is when your brain and body are knocked out of balance. Uh, stress uh, is when your body's knocked out of homeostasis. We have an innate mechanism in our body that returns us back to order. So then if you're, someone cuts you off on the LA freeway, you have an emotional reaction, but 15 minutes later, you're back to driving and you're over it, right? That's uh, all organisms in nature can tolerate short-term stress. Emergency. But when it's all day long, all week, all year. Yeah. So if you're reacting to, like if Tyrannosaurus Rex is chasing you, uh, you have to make a decision. Am I going to use 20% of my energy or am I going to use 100%? So it turns yeah. out when you're reacting to traffic. 200%. Oh, right. Or if you're <laughs> reacting to your coworker sitting in the cubicle next to you. Right. You're, you're turning on that response and what was once very adaptive becomes very maladaptive because when you turn on the stress response and you can't turn it off, now you're headed for disease because mm. nobody can live in emergency mode for that extended period of time. Well, human beings, we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. You can think about your problems and you're producing the same biological effects. So those chemicals give the brain and body a rush of energy. And people become addicted to that rush of energy. So now they use the problems and conditions in their life to reaffirm their addiction to that emotion. They need the bad job. Mm. They need the poor relationship. So that means they become addicted to the life that they don't even like. Right? Why, do we, why do we need the bad job or bad relationship and stay stuck in Be those? Because it's a conditioned response. So listen, if you get angry at a coworker and all of a sudden you get an arousal in your brain and body, right? You get a rush of energy. When you start noticing that your body starts dropping, your brain starts noticing your energy starts dropping, you're automatically going to have the image of the coworker in order to what? Give your body the, the next the jolt, the yeah. jolt, right? So all of a sudden people become addicted to their own thoughts, right? So these people realize that, oh my God, um, I, I, I've been mismanaging my attention and energy and I gotta, I gotta get beyond my past I got to get beyond these emotions. I got to make some big changes. I got to break the habit of being myself. You know, I got to hmm. stop being this person. Now, that sounds really good theoretically and philosophically, but change is such a hard thing, really hard. right? Because the moment you come back to your senses and you step back into your life and you see that person or you go to that place or you're with that uh, experience, so many people are unconsciously reacting in their thoughts and feelings to everything in their environment. So now their environment is controlling how they think and feel. So they realize that in order to change, you gotta change the environment. They gotta be greater than their environment, mm. greater than the conditions in the world, greater than the circumstances. Be mindful of that every time Stay it comes conscious. up to be yes. like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna yeah. think differently. Right. I'm I not gotta, gonna react. Yeah, this right. Way. I'm not gonna go back. I'm not gonna go back because the moment you start reacting emo emotionally, emotions are a record of the past. And if those emotions are driving your thoughts, you're thinking in the past. And if you can't think greater than how you feel and you believe your thoughts have something to do with your destiny, you're creating more of your past, right? So it turns out that the repetition of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking, these loops that people get caught in, condition their body to subconsciously become the mind of that emotion. Which means now their body is their unconscious mind is believing they're living in the same past experience 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. 
What's the relevance behind that? Well, the latest research on genes says genes don't create disease. It's the environment that signals the gene that creates disease. The emotional environment or the physical environment? Your environment, any environmental reaction. But if you're reacting emotionally to your environment the same way, you're signaling the same gene in the same way, and now you're right. headed for a genetic destiny. So. Huh. The hormones of stress push the genetic buttons that create disease. If you can turn on the stress response just by thought alone, your thoughts could make you sick. And if your thoughts could make you sick, is it possible that your thoughts could make you well? So mm. they began to realize that, oh my God, the repetition of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking caused me to feel guilt. And I don't even know it's guilt, it just feels like me. It's just, I'm used to the same chemical continuity. now. The moment they decided to change, anytime you decide to change and change anything about yourself, get ready because it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to hurt. You're, you're going to leave the known. Yeah. You're going to leave the familiar and you're going to step into the unknown. Even if the familiar is uncomfortable and painful, right. you it's st still going to be painful leaving the pain. Right. Because some people are super happy being unhappy. Right. So then they would rather cling to their suffering than take a chance in possibility. So these people said, I really have nothing to lose, right? So then they said, I'm willing to be uncomfortable and be in the unknown. And it turns out that's the perfect place to create from. Mm. So when the body is conditioned to become the mind, then to change is to be greater than the body, right? Because How do we become greater than the body? Well, <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but let me finish this, yes. okay? So the third thing they said was, okay, so now that I know that I got to break the habit of being myself and I can't mismanage my thoughts and feelings, I got to change how I act, I got to watch how I speak, I got to become conscious of how unconscious I am because 95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a set of memorized behaviors mm -hmm. uh, like a computer program, emotional reactions, unconscious beliefs and perceptions. So the first step to change is to become conscious of how you think to notice how you act, to pay attention to how you feel. And the act of observing those states of mind and body separates you from that program. Now you're, you're, you're the consciousness observing that program. It turns out the more conscious you become of how unconscious you are, you know, lighting a match in a dark place, that first step creates enormous amounts of chaos in the brain and body. And it's disturbing, so people mm. just go back to the same addiction, the same emotion, the same problem. Whew, this feels better. No, that feels familiar. So they said, okay, mm. now I gotta change. I gotta reinvent myself. Now this is really important because they started sitting down and thinking, okay, who in history do I admire? Who are great people, role models that mm -hmm. I can follow? What are the qualities and characteristics that they have? How am I gonna change? You know, they, these are what we call frontal lobe questions. The creative center of the brain switches on and the emotional center settles down. So then they started mm. thinking, how would I have to be in a new life if I was really going to heal? What would I have to change about myself? Now, there's this interesting phenomenon that if you close your eyes and you begin to think about doing something, you're an athlete, you understand this. If your uh, uh, background in football and you are running a pattern or you are doing something, you would rehearse it in your mind. Yeah. Turns out that the act of mentally rehearsing something when you're truly present your brain does not know the difference mm. between what's going on out there and what's going on in here. In fact, your brain will begin to look like you've been doing it for the last five days and you've never run the course. Mm. So now your brain is no longer a record of the past because typically it is. Now it's a map to the future. So wow. now you're priming your brain. So that became the very platform. You know, experiments with piano players. You know, you take a group of people that never played the piano before. You divide them into two different categories. 
I take one group of people, you teach them one-handed scales and chords, you do a brain scan on them, they come and practice for two hours a day for five days. At the end of five days, if you rescan the brain, they grow new circuits on the opposite side of the brain. Nothing magical there. You learn something new. Learning's making new connections. Get some instruction. You get instruction. You get your body involved. Get your body involved. You're going to have an experience. Experience enriches the brain. Pay attention to what you're doing. You've got to pay attention and repeat it. Firing and wiring, you're going to assemble new circuits. You can take the other group of people, have them come for two hours a day for five days, do a brain scan before, the brain scan after. Have them close their eyes and mentally rehearse playing those scales and chords. At the end of five days, <laughs> they'll grow the same amount of circuits in their um, brain as the people who actually physically demonstrated the action. What does that mean? It means not only do they change their brain by thinking differently, but their brain looks like they've been playing the piano for five days. Now, set them in front of a piano. Never played the piano before. They'll play those scales and chords because their brain is wired wow. to play it. So now, the act of rehearsing who they're going to be, what are the qualities, and beginning to get in this creative state, began to lay down the circuits of a new personality. And a new personality is connected to a new personal reality. So the next question is, mm. does that change the body? Take a group of men, have them do one-handed um, curls in their mind and bring in an emotional component like stronger, harder, more intense, one hour a day for two weeks. At the end of two weeks, 13.5 increase in muscle strength, wow. never lifted a weight. Now their body is changing by thought alone. Huh. So these people began to reprogram their brain and body. And all of a sudden, they began to act differently. Why? Because they installed the circuits. They began to think differently, of right. course. They began to feel differently. They, they were no longer feeling pain. They're actually liking themselves, right? So then if they're living by a different emotion and they're, they're feeling an elevated emotion before they're healing, before they were healed, they're not waiting for their healing to feel joy and gratitude. They're feeling right. gratitude and joy. Now their body's believing that it's healed because the body's feeling the emotion ahead of the experience. And if the environment signals the gene and the end product of an experience in the environment is emotion, you're signaling the gene ahead of the environment. And what do genes do? Genes make proteins. So what are proteins responsible? Mm -hmm. The structure and function of the body. Now you're literally becoming somebody else. And now you're turning down the genes for disease and you're turning up these other wow. genes. So I started to realize that this reinvention process it's exactly what we've always done. It's just that we get complacent in certain areas of our life and we stop. Now, the last thing they had in common, the fourth thing, is that when they were doing that rehearsal process, that they had long moments where they lost track of time and space. In other words, they were so involved in their inner world mm -hmm. of imaging that when they turned the light on in the room or they lift their blindfold up or whatever they were doing, they thought it was 20 minutes later and it was an hour and 20 minutes later. And when you're truly focused and you're truly paying attention and you're in the present moment, all of a sudden, you will leave this three-dimensional reality. Mm. And when you leave this three-dimensional reality, there's only one other place you go, and that is the realm of thought, and that's called the quantum field. And that quantum field is where all possibilities exist, right? So they were connecting to a field of information that had everything to do with the first principle, which is that invisible intelligence that's both within us and all around us, personal and universal. It is, it is the unifying field that governs everything material in this world. And mm. if you're going to ch change something material, that means you got to get beyond your body to heal your body. Right. Because if you're your body trying to heal your body, there's one thing that we can guarantee it's going to take time. It's going to just take a long time because you're playing by the rules of Newtonian physics. 
you play by the rules of quantum physics. Energy dictates matter. Mm. So when you're truly in the field and you're making changes there, then the downward cascade neurologically, biologically, chemically, hormonally, genetically, is the side effect of what's doing what's happening in the field. It accelerates. Yeah, it accelerates yeah. it, exactly. So you, you do it in less time because you're more connected to a realm that doesn't play by time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom, crop out, yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and nada yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.